Welcome to the Thin Blue Line Outdoors Podcast. This pig came bottling. Just ended up puking last night. It sucked. <laughs> we got it. We wrap it in tinfoil. <laughs> Throw it over the fire. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. This is the Thin Blue Line Outdoors Podcast, episode 44. I had it wrong last time, so episode 44 this time, and we have the one, the only. The red coat, Ryan. So, Ryan, has, yeah, I got the flag in the back. Uh, so, Ryan, I, I wanted to have Ryan on because, especially on my TikTok channel, a lot of people have questions about Ryan. <laughs> like, you know, who, first thing, I think they see the camo, they think, oh, it's just going to be American Hunter, and then they hear him speak. And they're like, what the hell? That is <laughs> not what I expected there. Um, so... Anyway, uh, yeah, Ryan and I have been hunting now seven years. Do you think so? Man, well, the last time we talked about this, we, when we really figured it out how long it's been, it was a lot longer than we originally thought. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I think seven years now, which is hard to believe. Because I so I met Ryan through Jesse. Um, Jesse's been on the podcast many times. Um, been on the channel many times. Uh, so the yeah, redneck. the redneck. Uh, they are brother-in-laws. And I just want Ryan, I wanted to have him come on and explain how the hell he ended up here in America <laughs> and and his passion for hunting. And I, I'll tell you this right now, and I've been hunting pretty much my whole life. And one thing I love about hunting with Ryan and Jesse is their enthusiasm and how pumped they are just to, just to be there. Let alone if we, you know, harvest anything or not. You guys are always just pumped. And that and... You know, I, I've done a lot of deer prep work and hunting prep work with a lot of people, and, and they're, you know, good, and they're happy to do the work, but you guys are, like, excited about doing the work, like, hey, yeah, we're going to carry this tree stand, and that, and, man, after every time I hang out with you and Jesse, my, my sides are, like, hurting from all the laughing we do <laughs> when it's all done, and that just makes it so much easier. So, Ryan, go ahead, you can start with your backstory, and I'll interject if I need to, but other than that, all you, buddy. Sounds good, mate. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, I am the Red Coast, formerly known as, uh, all the way from the great, uh, the great, great Britain. <clears throat> I'm from uh, Liverpool, England, born and bred. Uh, came out here permanently in 2012, but I've been coming back and forth uh, for work since 2007. Uh, and I met my wife in 2009. Uh, we did the whole long distance thing for a couple of years um, until I moved out permanently 2012. We moved straight in together and then we got married March 2013. So that's how I ended up here. But like going back, it, it was just an off chance. I, I remember I was doing biology in school, you know, forensic science was always going to, you know, was always on the forefront of my mind. That's what I wanted to do. And it was just a chance meeting. I was at a I was at a friend's party, and it ended ended up meeting a guy, a friend of a friend of a friend, believe it or not, who told me he worked for Camp America. So we all, as as British people, you know, we don't really do the whole summer camp thing, but we see it and we hear it on on TV. And I loved it because I, I'm a Boy Scout myself, so I mean, Boy Scouts and Cubs. I was right the way through. Used to go camping all the time uh, back home as well. Uh, so I was interested, so I looked into it, and I got the opportunity one summer to work at a summer camp up in Wisconsin, and I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, 
from the work that they did uh, to, to the whole lifestyle, to living in America, uh, lakeside, and the time off was great. We were always up to no good on our days off, and I just loved everything about it, the people and everything. Uh, so I ended up going back home, switching me degree, came out for the next five years until I finished my new degree. It was a social work degree. Uh, and that was sort of my passion right up until April this year. You know, I was worked with um, less fortunate kids who'd suffered abuse. Uh, I was in the mental health field for about 15 years. And then, uh, again, my other passion, you know, was law enforcement. And April 28th, I started with the Illinois State Police as a telecommunicator. So I'm still in training now. I lo- love Love it. Absolutely love You're officially, it. Officially, officially a part of the Thimble line now. <laughs> I am officially official. I'm officially official. Get through this train and I'll be officially official official. Um, yeah, love, love every bit of it. Uh, and that's, that's been my journey uh, right the way through here. But like a little bit of history about me. Outdoor fan. I've always been an outdoor fan. Camping since a very young age. Started with the Cubs. Went through the Scouts. Um Fishing, fishing was my forte. Uh, I, I just remember as a kid, like 12, 13 years old, with every bit of fishing gear you could imagine, rod holders, big boxes, bags of bait, you know, getting getting on the bus with me, with me best friends and my brother, getting the bus to any lake, any canal, getting dropped off, picked up, taxis, whatever we could do, we were fishing. And we'd fish a lot, uh, so that was always a passion of mine. But actually, when I when I first came out, uh, and if I'm rambling on, stop me. But when I first came, no, out, it's all good, man. All good. It, it, it was my wife's uncle, Uncle Butch. I think I've mentioned him once or mm-hmm. twice. Uh, who actually invited me out to go on a on a turkey hunt, and th- this guy, mate, as I say, he's a hunter. That, that old saying, "You live to hunt, you hunt to live." This is in. I don't think he eats civilian foods i think mm-hmm. it's all, all all wild game uh but he, he he just he blew me mind his knowledge of the land that he's been hunting since he was a kid his knowledge of the birds his ability to call them in and communicate with different species and you know he's a fisherman too and i just i just loved it and, I, and I, at that point i thought wow man you guys have got an opportunity you know you've got like laws and regulations like protecting hunters where you can go out and hunt your own meat and fish your own fish and, and live off that. And I thought, oh my, I just thought, wow. And as Boone said, like, um, got into it ourselves, very slow, uh, state state land. And as I say, when you're hunting state state land, it's it's tough. Yes. You know, you can, yep. you, you compete, you're competing against a lot of other people, you know, you're getting there at three in the morning, waiting in line to see if you even get drawn a tag or, you know, if you're lucky, I got lucky, I got, I got lofted into it. Uh, but you can't do as much prep, you know. Mm-hmm. There's only certain times you can put your stands up, you know. You don't really want to be buying expensive cameras and putting them out there on the off chance that they might go missing. And it's basically you show up, you hope Mother Nature sends something your way and then you hope you get get a shot off at it, but that's how we started. Uh, the next sort of progression for us was, was when, when I met you, Boom, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Jesse, uh, the redneck, and Boom went, went to college together, you know, all that stuff, played football together, and then that's when I met Boom. I think it was, what, seven, eight years ago or something. And something like that. When I seen what Boom was doing, 
what he was working with, what he was working on, the land and and his stories and the trophies and, and everything else. It was just wow. There's more to learn. And any time when there's something more to learn and you see different people, you, you know, you start taking the best bits of everyone at mm-hmm. that point and boom's like a wealth, like a wealth of knowledge. And, and, and maybe you can even speak on this at some point, maybe today mm-hmm. or a later date. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'd be interested to, to know, like, your honest opinion with when you first hunted with us. Mm-hmm. Like our knowledge, our experience, you know, because you you you've seen all our mistakes. Yeah, yep. you know, you've seen all our mm-hmm. mistakes. You've seen all our victories, and you've mm-hmm. seen you know the good times, the bad times. You've seen the the hard work. Mm-hmm. You were there when we first went to that uh, farm in Alito. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen what it was, and now you know you see where mm-hmm. it's where it is now, and all that. You know, just be interested again to hear that. But mm-hmm. I, we learn, and we've learned from you, mm-hmm. and we've learned from other hunters mm-hmm. as well. But Mm-hmm. That's been my journey, mm-hmm. and one thing that I stick to, and I talk to my brother often about it. You know, I do believe like there is phases of the hunter, mm-hmm. and I, and I do remember you probably remember this well, like mm-hmm. me being on your land and like a dog with two dicks. Yeah, you know, I want to shoot everything. You know, I want to yep. want to you know do just mm-hmm. doing too much. You know, I think that that's part of phase one with the excitement mm-hmm. and you're really soaking everything in, but you know, you're not really thinking mm-hmm. straight. And then, you know, you've got to get, you get through your other phases and, you know, you've got to go through your misses mm-hmm. and you've got to go through them hard times. You've got to get in your head in order to get out of your head. Mm-hmm. And I think once all of it gets put together all, over several years, I think there comes a point when you're like, I've done it. And that point for me was, I, I want to say last, last last November when when I did shoot my biggest book, and it wasn't just the fact that I shot my biggest book, but as I say, you you know better than me. I hunted more, like what was it, October and November last year than I'd ever hunted before. Mm-hmm. I think I was out every weekend, yep. uh, almost every single weekend. I put a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. I was doing I was doing three three days at a time every mm-hmm. week. Uh, so I was very fortunate with that, but I, I had a lot of misses. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of stupid mistakes. I had a lot of misses. I, I had to get in my head, then I got out of my head. And then the work that I put in before last shotgun season was the mm-hmm. most work I'd ever put in. Uh, and I'm talking for the first time, I'm cutting trails, like filters and funnel systems to the tree stand. Mm-hmm. That pays off. Uh, you know, I've done other little jobs. I was we were super prepared last year more than ever. So even this year, I took everything mm-hmm. I did last year. I put another twelve-hour day on the farm yesterday. That's why I'm a little bit tired. Today. <laughs> yep, yep. As, you, as, as you see from the video, I, ne- I nearly lost my life twice <laughs> about about two weeks ago, and I think we put in eight, eight nine hours plus four or five hours travel time. Yep. Uh, I went back yesterday, put another 12 hours into it, and I've I got so much done, and mm-hmm. I can just see like, the work it takes to go, and it's not just, you can't just show up and shoot, man. You know, it, it takes work. So yep. that, that's basically, that's my story, mm-hmm. and I am just pumped. I so, can't wait for October. So correct me if I'm wrong, You there's pretty much no hunting where you were at in England. Like, can you just... It kind of explain the hunting in England real quick, the situation. Yeah. You know, I'm not familiar with, like, the the absolute law. Mm-hmm. But here's what I know. You can't hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's frowns upon. Now you will see, like, the fox and the hounds and all that. Again, it's frowns upon. 
Uh, and it's my I'm under the impression that like if you've got lands and you've got money, you can hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, that that's where about mm-hmm. the book stops. Mm-hmm. When we were younger, we you know we, we had pellet guns, and me and my brother we we go out ratting, yep. shooting rats. Mm-hmm. We did that. We went fishing. Uh, but at that point, that that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, if you get permission off landowners, farmers, um, you, you can do little bits of hunting, trapping, mm-hmm. or whatever. But even with that, there's rules with it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just not familiar, you know. Mm-hmm. Me, bro- me brother would know, know a lot more about that. But yep. <clears throat> growing up, no hunting. Mm-hmm. No so, hunting. So my understanding, I know one thing that makes America unique, and I think this is a separation between England and us. I could be wrong, though, on England's laws. Yeah. You know, I've never looked them up. But, like, in a lot of states, or I'm sorry, in a lot of countries, if you own the land, you own the animals on that land. So if that deer is on your land during that time, you own that deer. Now, obviously, that deer, if that deer leaves your farm, then it's owned by the neighbor. Where in the United States, you don't own the wildlife. You know, it's the wildlife are considered public property. So, so like a white-tailed deer, um, that's why I have to apply for a tag. Yes, I get free hunting tags, um, hunting li- or not hunting license, but I get a free tag from the state because I own the land. But I don't own the deer. I don't own the deer until I harvest it. Then then yeah. it's mine. But a deer is considered um, public property. For example, uh, you know, as as a if you don't, people may not know this, but as a law enforcement officer, if I have handle a car deer wreck, um, we have like there's there's property damage at the bottom where you put like whose damage was, whose property was damaged. We put the state of Illinois um, because a deer was killed or injured or whatever that's technically state property public property and you know it's not when i say state owns it you know it's all of us it's all every you know ryan owns it i own it the neighbor owns everybody it's but it's not one person until you actually you know shoot that animal put place your tag on it and i know that's and that's one reason why we have such the the nice hunting laws and the you know the abundance the public land stuff like that that's one reason why we have it is just the way our laws are set up so um and then going back to i'm not familiar on mm -hmm. what the translation would that be Mm -hmm. uh, for england Mm -hmm. yeah and one thing going back to the alito farm i know one thing i was uh you know i i briefly you know be five six maybe even seven years ago when i walked that alito farm with you guys uh you know i we walked it just for a couple hours um we mainly just scouting i didn't help you guys hang any stands i think we just put some trail cams up um that was it uh but one thing that was really cool for me is because i as you said i've seen your ups and downs um and i've seen your successes which is awesome um but one thing that really came together is you know the year before that shotgun season uh, that you killed the big one. Jesse had a close call with some big ones, and he almost got it done. There was just um, you know, some mistakes that he couldn't control when it comes to his gun and the ammunition, just bad luck, and there you know, things don't always go our way. Um, but you know, okay, you guys obviously put those st- stands in the right spot. We know that that's that's good. And then finally, it all came together for you last year. Um, yeah. and that, and that was awesome. Um, I know. And, and it's awesome because you both now have, you know, I've seen where you guys pretty much had nothing. You hadn't harvested anything to now you both have, you know, Jesse's got a 
buck on his wall and you got one coming so so it'll be it'll be good yeah i would think so yeah i haven't talked i haven't talked to my uncle yet but uh my uncle is a taxidermist central illinois wildlife studio if you're in central illinois but uh he did uh jesse's buck and he's doing ryan's books too right now so um yeah yeah so that's that's that'll be good that'll be real good uh, I had to take it out of my mind because, I mean, one of the funniest stories I tell people now, I remember the day I walked into your uncle's taxidermist. <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever been there. Yeah. And I walked in with a big dick. <laughs> I, I had my deer head. <laughs> and I walked in with a big dick. But by the time I left, it was like I'd been standing outside in the freezing cold. I had a mic. Yeah. You get humbled real quick, man, in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The deer that I seen there mm-hmm. was so big. Mm-hmm. Me brainlessly said, "I didn't even know deer could get this big in Illinois." Mm-hmm. You know, I think most of the work comes from Illinois, but he, he does mm-hmm. do a lot of out of state yep. Yep. jobs as well. But I have mm-hmm. never, oh yeah, like he gets the the best of the best mm-hmm. because he is the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't he like a he's a world champion or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's won awards and stuff. Yeah, I always go in there during uh, after shotgun season because like, some wow. giants. There was a couple years ago, um, and, I won't, and I won't say who uh, harvests this deer, but it, I, it was a local outfitter. I will say that. It was a local outfitting company. Um, and I was there. I forget if I was dropping a deer off or if I was uh, just checking it out. And he's like, hey, you got some time? I'm like, yeah, man, I got some time. Why? And he goes, I got a giant coming in right now um, because I don't know how big. It's going to be probably around 200s. You, you're going to want to stay. In. And he goes, and I'm going to need your help probably getting them into. And that's because they hadn't, this guy, smart on the outfitter, they hadn't gutted it or anything because it was cold out. They knew it was going to stay fine. They're like, we're just going to take it straight to the tax terms and have it, pay him to do everything, make it, make sure it's perfect. And I don't know exactly, I know this door, I know this deer scored over 200. I'm not for, not for sure exactly, but it was, I mean, it was just giant. I mean, I had, so. I had I couldn't get one one hand I could not fit around the base of the antler. It had like that much that much of a gap left and I was trying to reach around it. Um it was I mean huge. It was huge. So well let me ask this. So what was the purpose of him not gutting it? What why did he want So essentially I, I think they were thinking about doing a full body mount because it was okay. such such big. Um and so um obviously you can you can gut it like you normally would, and they can just, if you if you go too high or anything, they can just stitch it up. But because it was so cold out, they're like, "Why are we even like? Why do we even risk the chance of us screwing something up? We can just take it. We can just take it straight to him, and he can uh, he can do everything with it. And we know it's perfectly done, you know, so they don't have to mess with it. And uh, that's I mean that happens a lot. Luck you know, luckily I grew up. You know, my dad used to do taxidermy. My uncle does do taxidermy. And my grandpa, um, he's the one who got them both started into taxidermy. So I've, every time, when I grew up as a kid, every time I was harvesting an animal and I was going to clean it or anything, I had a either former or actual taxidermist with me. So I I was very fortunate about that. Um, uh, So like, you know, I I don't know if I've talked to it on the podcast, but you know, we've went bear hunting now a couple times. Uh, The the second time I went and I know I was I helped almost in every bear to skin it and stuff. Um, not everyone, but a lot. Most of them I helped with just because, you know, the, hey, we're gonna get a rug. We don't want anything screwed up. So you know, and it, it wasn't bad. Um, 
it's just I am very fortunate. Um, you know, I was lucky. I was raised this way, and I had the experience. Um, and it just you know it's it's everybody can do it. It's just you gotta have. It's good to have a teacher, so it makes it easier. Um, so yeah. So anyway, that is Ryan's background. Hopefully that answers um, some people's questions. Uh, if you gotta go go on the Thin Blue Line Outdoors TikTok channel, and I put on there his reaction to when he harvested his big buck, um, and it, it got quite a bit of views. But the comments were cracking me up because they were like, "We were not expecting this voice to come out of come out of his yeah. mouth," and it, it's great. And that and that's you don't put on like you don't fake it. That's what I like. Like you you wear your emotions on your sleeve, and and that, that that's why I. I love your reaction videos when you shoot an animal. It cracks me up. You know, I was just, I was gonna mention something about it because if you do go check that video out, um, it, it is funny. It's amusing. Even like even I look back at it now um, and watch it, and I was like, why, why was my face like that? Or how did my mouth get like that? And, <laughs> you know, I, I question it myself because I'm like, whoa. But the more I think about it, and, and I remember the day, like like it was yesterday. It's amazing, and I think the one thing that just keeps coming back, like when I shot that and seen that the deal has expired, the emotion, just it was everything like came back, like everything, all the misses, all the work, all the. All the dragging the stands out by hand, every like all everything just mm-hmm. came back and it was just like boom and I was like, do a laugh, do a cry, <laughs> do a scream, mm-hmm. do a shout. Yep. You know, I, I had my brother hunting, so I knew I couldn't scream. <laughs> I was just like, lads, get down here mm-hmm. now. I want to, I want them to be there. Mm-hmm. I stayed in that stand and I even called my mum and dad. Mm-hmm straight away i stayed in that stand until my brother came down and it's a it's about a 15 minute slow walk mm-hmm. that kid was there in about three minutes <laughs> God, I was, there's no way this is him i was looking at and it was i just couldn't believe it <laughs> that's funny that's yeah. funny and, yeah so i waited and then then we, we done mm-hmm. the whole thing together because mm-hmm. There's another video that you put out last mm-hmm. year when I shot me first a uh, bow mm-hmm. deer. I actually called him because me brand new nephew had just been born. He just had his son, his first mm-hmm. son. So when I was tracking the blood trail, I FaceTimed him. And my little one-month-old, you know, nephew mm-hmm. uh, was on the other end of the phone with it as well. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. So the fact that I got to do it with Arash being there, and it was my biggest day. It was just, just amazing. Yeah. It was just so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was, I, I like, I like going back and watching that. It's, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so anyway, uh, we've all done some deer prep work this year. Uh, I've been out, oh, yeah. man, I've been out probably around seven times on either different properties doing stuff. And you guys have seen most of it. Not all of it, but you guys yeah. have seen most of it. Um, obviously, I went to the Alito farm with... Uh, Jesse and Ryan. Ryan already mentioned that he went there uh, yesterday, put in about 12 hours of work. Ryan, if you want to kind of explain what you did there, why you did it, and again, it all part of the evolution and and the new everything's being done by foot. But this year, me and my brother, uh, we got we got an ATV. Uh, how we haven't 
threw in for one of them before now is beyond me. Uh, so I took that to the farm for the first time. Uh, I got me a new truck. Always wanted a new truck. <laughs> got me a new truck that got to the farm first, and just everything's just getting easier and easier. So as I say, you've got to go through all the, the hard times to figure out what's the best way, mm -hmm. uh, what's the most comfortable way, what's the easiest, fastest way to get things done. I got there yesterday, uh, checked in with the farmer, had a good conversation with him for about an hour and 45 minutes, uh, which put me a little bit behind schedule, but I, I always enjoy catching up with him, mm -hmm. seeing how he's doing and what he's been up to, uh, picking his brain about certain things as well. So I always I always enjoy talking to different people. Uh, and then I got out there, my first job went to the pipe stand. Uh, I don't know whether you got the photos yesterday, mm -hmm. but got some photos, got some video footage, fixed the seat on that, extended the foot, uh, the foot stand, uh, weed whacking. I got some more as you're walking in, I wanted to chop down branches and everything I'm doing, I'm thinking, what's going to make us quieter? What's going to make us get in there faster? What's going to make us get in there less detectable? Mm. You know, these are all the things, like even to the point of fell branches, on the floor, mm -hmm. picking them up and moving them out the way. I, if I would have had a brush, I would have been brushing uh, the path going in and made paths. So I've done that. Went up to the new stand that we put up yesterday. Uh, clears everything. Clears everything. Weeds whacked up there for about 25 mm -hmm. minutes. Oh, uh, those weeds get quite a bit taller? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Else I noticed mm -hmm. on me... On my brother's tree stand where I shot my deer out of, mm -hmm. I felt that everything grew back bigger, harder, and stronger than last year. Mm -hmm. Because it's done the same last year. I made trails mm -hmm. right from the very bottom, leading right up to the tree stand. And as mm -hmm. I say, you, you laid on, on the video from last year, we've never seen so many deer, mm -hmm. had so many encounters. We literally were mm -hmm. watching deer hundreds of yards away coming. Mm -hmm. using the path and walking mm -hmm. right past the tree stand. Mm -hmm. So the reason behind that, I believe, and uh, everything I've looked into and stuff, the property they're hunting, they used to have cattle in it. Um, so the cattle kind of keep it trimmed down, and then, you know, yeah. they took the cattle out for deer season most of the time, not all the time, but the cat, and then the deer would move through. Well, now it's been a few years without cows. Do you know exactly, if you had to guess, two or three? So now, so they had that disturbance, and if you listen to anything about habitat uh, management, disturbance of whatever the kind of disturbance is really helps bring the growth back, um, and the deer like that type of growth. So now that it's been two to three years, that growth is really coming out strong, and there's covering. I also think you guys have a lot of interactions on this. It's only eight acres, right, or something like that. Yeah, um, I think I think the the back portion. Mm -hmm. He was he was telling me yesterday it's five acres at the back. And then he's got eight as well. So it's a total of 13. But I think the parcel that we're really putting a lot of work into is about five acres. Gotcha. So five acres, which isn't isn't a lot, but they're killing deer on it. Um, and I really think part of it is because they can only get up there and hunt it so often. So I, you know, they know the neighbors hunt because they've heard them shoot and stuff. So that means all those deer are just getting pressured there. And then these jackasses go in and shoot them <laughs> during the season. And you know, they're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's also, the, from what I've noticed, the land, the land sort of on either side sort of comes down. Mm -hmm. You're in like a valley, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a river, so mm -hmm. there's water access. Well, mm -hmm. when I say river. A creek, a creek. yeah. yeah, yeah. A creek. 
there's water access mm-hmm. uh, this year on this side we've mm-hmm. got beans mm-hmm. on this side we've got corn mm-hmm. behind us behind the the woods mm-hmm. corn uh, so there's a lot of good feed and mm-hmm. it's definitely i think the, the deer funnel oh yeah funnel, uh, honestly now that you know i've walked it twice now and seen your guys's thing and uh, how through the years, you know how good you guys did. I really think you'd have a hard time finding a better five acres. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's just it's like the perfect situation. Um, yeah. That you, I mean, if you could say, hey, you only have five acres to hunt, draw it up, and that'd be that'd be hard to beat that. Yeah, you know. Was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky. Uh, even up on that new tree stand that we put up last year, that pasture in front of us it is beans. Uh, and again, I'm forever grateful for the farmer man. Uh, after the spokesman, when I, I stayed for about 45 minutes after you guys left, and was speaking to him, telling him about the plan, this, that, the other, uh, he went up about four days later with his tractor and mowed all the grass. And when I went there yesterday, it was just I was blown away because what he'd done is he'd mowed the grass up that cow hill. Mm-hmm. He'd mowed right along the woods, mm-hmm. right at the tree stand. Mm-hmm. He mowed all that, and then what he did, he told me yesterday, he said, I mowed a strip going from the tree stand right to the bean field, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, that very night, I started getting pictures of deer coming mm-hmm. from behind the tree stand, using that pathway right to the beans. Mm-hmm. So I capitalised on that. I bought two new cell cams. Uh, so now I've got four. I put, I put it, I, I walk back behind the tree stand mm-hmm. and it's beautiful back there, but it yeah. was wild. Yeah. So what it did was about 20 foot, uh, 20 yards exactly behind the new tree stand, I put a camera on a tree and it cleared a nice big open space. Yeah. Then what it did was I created a trail going to the right, mm-hmm. which bends round and comes out right at the foot of the tree stand. Mm-hmm. Then I created another trail from from the woods behind that came out bent round right to the left of the tree stand and then two pathways come round mm-hmm. and go down a single runway if you want to say yeah. right mm-hmm. the so i'll put another camera right behind to see what's coming from behind mm-hmm. and, and the way i've set this camera up i like to set the cameras up where i can see me tree stand yeah so mm-hmm. three out of the four cameras that i've got in the picture mm-hmm. i can see the tree stand so this one's behind it, so I can see the ladder. The one in front is facing out towards the beam field. Gotcha. I, I drilled two hangers, so the yep. tree stands are two hangers. I drilled two backup holes mm-hmm. in case we want to move them higher. Um, I went down to my original tree stand, the mm-hmm. first tree stand that we put up, dressed it all, and again, created a pathway leading right to it from behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cleared it all out, less noise, less messing about more quiet get up there then i went to the tree stands our ashes tree stand where they shot my deer last year and again as i said it, i was it's unbelievable once mother nature takes over mm-hmm. man she's a beast yep she's a yep so i spent a lot of time mm-hmm. dressing cleared it i circled the whole tree that the tree stands on mm-hmm. made a lovely green and then i did a big long path leading down to it mm-hmm. where we put the camera that was to the left of the tree stand facing it. I cleared all that. Uh, and as I say today, I've got two turkeys, two hen turkeys there. Uh, what else did I do? I put two regular cameras up 
mm-hmm. yesterday's not sell cameras but I put an extra two mm-hmm. and what I did was I'm focusing on the stands that I'm going to be using the most yep. so it's the new one mm-hmm. and it's the one that I've shot my deer out last year mm-hmm. I'm really loading them up yeah, to go off of what Ryan just said, so here's the crazy thing. Like I said, they only got like five to eight acres to hunt. They weren't even hunting a part of it. Like it was like that part of it was like being untouched, and that's what we yeah. saw. Now we put a stand there, a buddy stand, um, very nice buddy stand actually. I actually was making a comment when we hung it up. It's almost too nice because that'd be the yeah. napping spot. So it, yeah. it's comfy. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be. I I really like that spot there. I like how you have you know you got. Th- the tall weeds, but then you got the beans. I th- I really think like you're, it's gonna be hard not to see a deer there every night. You might not get a shot. They might not be within bow range, but I think you're gonna see deer yeah. almost every time. And that, and I really like that. If you want a decoy, I really think that's during the rut, like pre-rut, you know, late October, early November. I really think a decoy might be a good option there. Yeah, uh, I've got deer on that camera. Mm-hmm. Those and bucks since he mm-hmm. mowed that grass. It's only been up what two weeks. Yeah. And it's almost every other day, and the camera is ten yards away mm-hmm. to the left oh, of the yeah. tree stand. Yeah. It, yeah. So they're getting there, and that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I think they're coming from the back because I counted six mm-hmm. game trails mm-hmm. that all were behind the tree stand that mm-hmm. led out into that bean field. Yeah. And as Booms just said, it was untouched, and we call that parcel on the land. We call it the uncharted forest. Mm-hmm. Because we see deer go, deer go in, we see deer come out. There's so many trails from top to bottom mm-hmm. in the valley. There's so, so we know it's hot and we know it's sort of like a funneling system. But we've never hunted it. Mm-hmm. Like we put a pipe stand up there, but it was, you know, it's too small. It's very difficult to get in. It was right on top of the trail. We've done more work with the pipe stand. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about the pipe stand. Mm-hmm. So I think this year is going to be... Uh, our ashes tree stand because we've had two, three deer every year mm-hmm. from that tree stand since it's went up. Mm-hmm. But I think this year, I think we're going to try and focus a lot on the uncharted forest mm-hmm. over that side mm-hmm. and see what we get. Gotcha. Any, uh, any other work you did out there yesterday? Uh, did you try to plant anything? Yeah, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So, again, Set you I want to <laughs> oh, get better. I want to get better. I'm, I'm just a little caveat. But before all the proper hunters jump on, when I say plant stuff, I had a ton of Home Depot seeds mm-hmm. that didn't get planted mm-hmm. in my vegetable garden. Some of them were actually old. My wife bought like a, a bundle of seeds. They were two years old. So again, they might not even mm-hmm. germinate anyway. But I had a ton of seeds. I took them yesterday. And by the new tree stands and our ashes tree stands, after I'd done all the work, I was spreading seeds. Now, as I say, I looked at the weather and... It rained here today. I don't know if 80 it... Odd de- it's still raining right now. Good. 80 odd degrees all day yesterday, but 9pm last night, it started raining. And it was due to rain in Alizo right the way through to tomorrow morning. Good. Oh, good. You need and that. The rest good. of the week's going to be high 80s. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping a good germination takes place. But I was even, I even texted my brother this morning and said, man, if we show up there this year and there's a full vegetable garden, I'll be made up. Uh, but we, we have put out radish, radish seeds, mm-hmm. kale, uh, a ton of turnips, um, what else? Oh, spinach, mm-hmm. lettuce, cabbage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's just everything that I Yeah, I don't, 
you know, I don't know how that's going to do, but I know, like, food plots you can go buy, kale, turnips, and radishes are real common in them. Um, so the que- the question's going to be, you're getting, you're going to get the rain, you, you plant, obviously you plant them a little late, usually August 15th around here is the yeah. give or take, but man, even if, even if you get a few, and all you, first thing, it's just cool to see, um, number one, it's yeah. cool to see, and then say... I mean, even if it just provides a little bit of nutrition for a fawn or anything, awesome. You yeah. know, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, if, if the seeds do take and whether or not they eat it when we're hunting mm-hmm. or they eat it, if it if it does so happen, if these are the Christmas time, then at least mm-hmm. I've done something mm-hmm. uh, rather than have the seeds go to waste. Mm-hmm. But that being said, we've got the quad now. I'm... You know, I'm already speaking to my brother. I'm already talking. You know, it's got a hitch on it. You know, buy a second hand, um, you know, soil turner. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to give it a good go. We just needed certain other bits of equipment before mm-hmm. we could start food plotting. Yep. And I actually was inspired because I was watching your video. Mm-hmm. And I know I was texting you through the week. We were getting some ideas from mm-hmm. you, but I was inspired with that. So next year, mm-hmm. again, as I keep saying, you've got to get better. You've got to get better every time. Take your experience, use it, learn it, mm-hmm. move forward. So next year, now that we're fully set up with the tree stands, right, we've got all our cell cameras. We've now got the 4x4. Four four. There's not much we need to do. There'll always be prep work. Oh, yeah. I, could, I could have went back out today and done another 12 hours there. I could have. So there'll always be like the weeds whacking and the trail systems. But next year, I really want to have a go. And I was looking at you. I've already got a spreader, mm-hmm. but I think next year I'm gonna buy like a the big bag. bag of clover, mm-hmm. uh, turnips. I've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of research on them, and yep. turnips are great. I, I plant them myself, they mm-hmm. grow really well. Yep, the, the winter hardy, the deer love them, you mm-hmm. know, and they, and, and, and they usually do really well. Yep, so I want to get turnips and clover and really give a good mm-hmm. go. And I, I don't know, I pointed out a couple spots to you guys when I was out there. I'm like, dude, this would be a good spot for clover here. Uh, and clover is just the easiest to grow. Um, it's just it's easy. Um, you don't need to broad or you don't need to cover it back up if you know you got a rain coming. Um, I've had a clover plot now for three or four years. It's coming up hard. I just mow it every now and then, and it's fine. Um, it's pretty easy to do. So uh, yeah, I definitely think uh, next year. And you got the quad. That's the big thing. You know. You always make. I have the disc here. You could always make a pit stop here. Grab the disc if you wanted, um, and then and, and that goes on the back of the quad, does it? Yep, right on the hitch. Yep, right on the hitch. Um, yeah. So that's easy enough. Um, so it gets used. It gets used about it one, once a year. That's about it. <laughs> isn't that one of the beauties about hunting? Mm-hmm. This, this is what I love. This is another thing I love about it, right? Our hunting season goes from October to January, mm-hmm. but. We hit it hard, me personally too, two to three weeks of hard hitting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The day we set down deer camp, mm-hmm. we've already got a list of mm-hmm. needs. Yep. And like, well, even before our ash flies home, he leaves a list. Mm-hmm. This is our goals, and this is what we want for next year. A quad was on the list. We had a little brown envelope in the safe anytime when we had $15 here, $20, $100. Mm-hmm. Thirty gifts to each other. We usually give each other a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Straight in the envelope. Christmas, we usually give each other a hundred dollars. Straight in the envelope. Mm-hmm. So we we made it a mission. We got help from my mum and dad. We got the quad. And even now, I'm thinking, 
all that prep work in the last nine months that we've been talking, planning, mm. prepping. I'm already thinking about next year. Oh, yeah. It never and stops. How many goals for next year? Yep. And that's the beauty of it, mate. Mm-hmm. It just it never stops mm-hmm. with the one goal to get better and to keep them deer driving and keep them located on the land. Mm-hmm. Never stops. Just, yep. just love it. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And now we've got the tools, mates. Mm-hmm. And they even took the ground blinds mm-hmm. down the farm yesterday. You know, so yep. the blinds there prepped. It's all about prepping and being yep. ready. Yep. So speaking, of, that's a good, good, uh, good way to move on to the next segment here. Ryan and I have plans for uh, opening weekend. Um, and we we ironed out. I think most of them, but even well, you hear us iron out probably some right now. But uh, boom! I was go- I was going to text you on the way home yesterday, yeah. and I was I was literally going to say, "Have you figured out what you're doing for opening?" So because we we talked about coming yeah. to ours, and then we were like, "Yeah, I'm going to hunt with you. I'll, I'll be there opening." Mm-hmm. And then I swear to God, the next five, <laughs> six, seven days, I get these pictures mm-hmm. from Boom's trail cam of giants. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. like, man. So, as of right now, I plan on going to Alito and hunting with you because they're not consistent. Um, okay. I'm getting a, I'm getting, so some of the bucks moved on. So, um, I know in mid September, it seems like there's a shift here in Illinois of the deer movement, um, at least buck wise, and. And I haven't, I think I did see that shift because there for a while, Ryan can attest, I was getting the same bucks every day in front of the camera. I mean, same exact bucks. Uh, and they were almost every morning coming by some shooter bucks. One in particular is actually a buck I had history with three years ago that I should have killed then. Um, and I hit him high. So that buck is um, still around. He's got to be seven years old. I um, mean, he's old. It may be even older. He was. He was either three and a half when I shot him. I thought he was four and a half that year. So he's either six or he's either seven. If you know, um, just depends. Uh, so he's still around. I would. He's not a giant. Like when I say giant, he's not like he's. Uh, he probably only scored one thirty, one forty. He was bigger last year. Actually, he started going this year. He started going downhill. I had pictures of him last year. That's a giant for most. Pop. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, it, it is. But like I, I've have. I have a bigger deer on camera than him. I have one that's probably 150-ish, if I had to guess. If you told me, hey, you can only shoot one, you want the 150 or the 130, I'm probably going to pick the 130 just because I have all the history with him. And he's just a unique, I think he's eight-pointer. He was an eight-pointer three years ago. Last year, he was either 10 or 12 because he had kickers. This year, he started to go down, so I don't know. He's right right around that. like, do they go down, do they? I didn't know that. Do mm-hmm. they go down? Yeah, they go down after eventually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, uh, they usually, to my understanding, they're usually, like, prime, like, five. Like, that's usually, like, the biggest they're going to get. Which, for this buck, if last, year, if last year was five, that would make sense. Because he was the biggest I've ever seen him last year. I'm on camera. I didn't see him at all with my eyes last year, but... Do you think that's got to do with like evolution and, and the energy it requires mm-hmm. to maintain a big rock? And then as they get yep. older, they need yep. that energy to survive yep. more. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, they're uh, it used to be QDMA. I don't, I don't remember exactly what they switched to. They got a new name now, um, but Quality Deer Management Association was what it was called. Like I said, they switched their names now. I don't remember what it is, um, but they actually used to have a chart from year one 
of a buck's life to all the way to like year 10. And you can just see um, the degradation, well, the progression and the degradation of the antlers. Um, so it's it's cool. To, it's cool, kind of cool to see that. But anyway, yeah. So at first they were completely consistent like every day in front of, and in daylight in front of this, the, it'd be like a 30 yard shot. And I'm like, man, I, if this doing this, I can't go home. I got to sit that stand, especially because I have opener yeah. off. Um, yeah. So now, now they're inconsistent though. And actually, that that eight pointer hasn't shown back up. Um, but I have that 150 showing up. But he's only showing up once every three days, probably. Um, so, and it, I mean, he's daylight almost every time I see him. So it just kind of depends if if he's doing what he's doing now. I won't. Um, I won't hunt it because um, I know right or then they're going to do a sh- uh, switch. So I'd rather go to Lido. But if they start, like here in mid-September, if they do a switch where they're showing up every day, every other day, then I'll stay here. But as of right now, I'm planning on going to Lido, which so October 1st is a Saturday. Um, yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, I figured we're going to get there Friday night is what I'm thinking. Unless you can't. Well, I've got, I've got TC school. Mm-hmm. The last three days of September, which works out perfect because mm-hmm. it finishes. But I think they're doing it from twelve to eight PM. Mor- okay, okay. No PM. Yeah. So the so last what's your day plan, of then? TC school. Mm-hmm. I'll be done at eight. I'll be home by nine. I'll be ready. Believe me, I'll mm-hmm. be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so you plan on I- just getting a few hours of sleep and then driving down? Or probably, I'll probably just do that myself. Then I'll probably, uh, I'll get. We'll plan on whatever time we want to get there, uh, Saturday morning, and I'll just sleep here and leave super early. Um, which <laughs> not as early as you, <laughs> but, uh, but so we'll just we'll plan on we'll plan on meeting there Saturday morning. At, I don't know when sunrise is. I'll have to look it up, but plenty yeah. of time, plenty ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I know my. I mean, my plan is obviously have a big. Buck comes by, I'll shoot it. But I know I'll be tickled to death with a doe or a turkey. <laughs> you keep getting those turkey picks. So yeah. <laughs> I was there, yeah. And we can so we can game plan more. Like mm-hmm. I, I think we'll hit the either one of the stands. Mm-hmm. I might go up top um, mm-hmm. just because it, it might be easier for me to get there, and I'll, I can drop you off. That'd be fun. At our Ashes stand first, and that's the one that I showed you. That, that's mm-hmm. got birds there. That's where that big buck was. That he's either eight or a ten. Mm-hmm. He was right. That's where I shot my uh, one mm-hmm. from. We we killed from it every year. Uh, so I drop you off first. Make sure you're settled, mm-hmm. and I'll probably go around the back up to the top. But again, we we need to talk off camera with about the game <laughs> plan because yep. I, I still want to mm-hmm. pick your brain about what's the best route with you know with the ATV and this yep. that the other. A lot would depend on wind, probably too. Wind and weather. So a lot yeah. of a lot will depend on that. Um, obviously, we're too too far out to know exactly. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'll I'll bring my tree saddle, um, just in case we need to do something. But honestly, I was thinking, you know, uh, I could also if I wanted to film you and you're gonna hunt like the pipe stand, it takes me no time at all to put that saddle in. So something like that. Wow. Now that I put that new seat on. Mm-hmm. Be- I want to get a good hunt in there. Mm-hmm. And I even said to our Ash, like, mm-hmm. when he comes, I want him to have at least a, a hunt, mm-hmm. either a full day or at least a, a one morning, mm-hmm. give it a rest, the afternoon, 
and in an afternoon because there's just there's too much potential. There's just so much potential. Up 100%. There. 100%. So, yeah, I know, I know, I, I know we're both kind of just planning on having a good time, having a good hunt camp. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had a, we didn't have, we had a hunt camp last year, but last year was, yeah. uh, so we just, we like to get at least one in every year. Yeah. Um, so we'll hunt, you know, we'll hunt Saturday morning. I'm sure we'll go in for lunch, um, figure out, we'll have to come up, we'll have to game plan what we want for our camp meal. Um, I'm sure we both got enough wild game, we'll figure out something good. Enough wild game. So then we'll hunt Saturday evening, you know, hopefully sometime during this time we're dragging out a deer. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess on Sunday is your plan just to hunt the morning and go home that night? Probably. That's what I figured. Probably. Mm-hmm. You usually keep it that uh, at least get like three 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 main hunts in. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. So I know so that that will be our plan for opening weekend. I'm gonna be filming it all. I know Ryan's gonna be filming. Um, so we'll have uh, some good footage right off the bat uh, of yeah. you know opener of Illinois bow season. Can't wait. I'm excited for it. What is it like? Uh, three weeks away now. Something is like it? that. Less than a month. Less than a month. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I know so. And then I'll be hunting after opener weekend. Um, I, I'll be hunting off and on the rest of you know October. I got a couple farms to hunt. No November. I I would like to get with Ryan and Jesse again sometime during deer season. Um, yeah. whether I don't know when that'll be. Uh, but we'll get plan on something whether that's i go to them or they come to me either way we'll get it figured out um they know they have an open open invitation to come hunt here if they want um then you and jesse are thinking about the weekend after that right after opener yeah i know jesse can't make the opener he sets mm-hmm. a couple of dates here mm-hmm. i put them in my calendar i can't remember them i think he wants to get three hunts in this year mm-hmm. uh, you know, if my schedule changes mm-hmm. or when it changes, mm-hmm. obviously I'll, I'll be working weekends, mm-hmm. uh, even throughout possibly the possibility of maybe taking some time off, like doing a day through the week, which which I'll have off days through the mm-hmm. week as well. And, you know, we need to speak to you mm-hmm. to coordinate that, uh, to see if you're available as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he said one hunt early November for both. And then he wants to do the Saturday and Sunday of shotgun season. Mm-hmm. That's what I can remember. Yeah, because he can't make the Friday, but he can make that Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. good. He's missed the last couple opening weekends of shotgun season. So it's good yeah. that it's yes. good that he's going to be able to make it this time. Uh, Arash has booked his flights. Mm-hmm. And he arrives. So he's going to be on November 12th. That day will usual bass pro stock mm-hmm. uh, go out for a nice meal Sunday prep day all day pull everything out make sure we're, we're lock, locked and loaded and then we aim to be on the farm Monday through Sunday the 14th through the 20th mm-hmm. there you go that'll be good that will be good I am excited about this um, deer season uh, it's gonna be a blast uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we're all gonna have some success. Probably some failures too, but hopefully more successes and fails. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I know one thing. So if you guys are, you know, been watching the channel for a while, so you know their deer camp's gonna be on video like they always do. Um, so that'll be good. Especially you have Jesse in camp too. Um, I'll probably send him with yeah. a camera. 
so they'll have multiple angles and stuff. It, oh, yeah. it, it, it it'll be good. I I'm excited. I always I always excited when you guys give me the cards, the SD cards, and I'm like, I know I have a lot to go through. Yeah, have. yeah, I have a lot. And and you guys think of some shots that I don't think about sometimes, which is nice. So I mean, honestly, you guys get a lot of even like during a, um, during a. The hog camp. You got a. You guys both got a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I wasn't like. Didn't even think about recording, and where and that uh, footage came in handy when I was putting the story together. Um, so uh, it's always good to have uh, another person or a couple people behind me, um, kind of videotaping stuff I'm not thinking about. So well, we... I I enjoy filming. Mm-hmm. I I know I've always enjoyed movies, but I always I, I enjoy filming, and mm-hmm. I do try and think of the angles mm-hmm. or the perspective mm-hmm. or where it'll be good to play in. Um, yeah, I enjoy it, and again, that, that's another part of it that you know you introduced that you gave us that sort of gift and this platform to be able to use them skills that we've got. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that, mm-hmm. and again, I, I want to get better every year, mm-hmm. even with the filming mm-hmm. as well. So hopefully, like the footage continues to get better. I think mean, mm-hmm. you've been doing a, a wicked job with the the editing and putting the story Appreciate together. It. That's what I enjoy the most mm-hmm. is seeing what you make mm-hmm. of it. You know, I can have hours and hours of footage, but you mm-hmm. just got an ability to mm-hmm. to cut it down and tell a story. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I like about you know doing this filming thing and do the podcast and you know the social media and stuff um it is it is a lot of work but even if this doesn't take off um and i've said this before on this platform even if it doesn't ever take off which yeah i would love i would love to make this my full-time career but if it if it just gives us where we can go back and watch these stories because I, I love hunting stories i absolutely love them i love listening to them i love telling them um and you know, my dad, and I, I like to have him come on the podcast one day, but he, he's got so many hunting stories. My grandpa does. My uncle does. And and I love listening to him. And they got even, like, my dad's got pictures of when he went to Alaska, moose hunting, stuff like that. And that's awesome. I love pictures. And I love telling the stories. But what if they had a video camera? And, I, and he could go, you know, instead of, instead of hey, son, you know, let, let me tell you this story. I went to Alaska. It's like, hey, let's sit down, get a drink pop in a dvd or something like that or you know usb whatever now watch it you know and that's what i like about this because you know that'd be one thing where my my daughter's not getting interested in hunting um you know obviously she's too young to actually shoot pull the trigger but i'm taking her this year just so she can experience it you know years from now let's say something terrible happens to me years later she can at least go you know to her kids hey let's watch grandpa hunt you know whatever anything like that and um, that'd be cool. They keep it, and then that now, you know, not only they got me, you know, so obviously Ryan's got family still in England. Um, but now they can kind of live vicariously through him. And I know, like your mom and dad can watch it. I know Ash watches it. She leaves me comments oh, yeah. and stuff every now and then. So, uh, yeah. so that's good. I'm happy. Too. Yeah, I'm happy. You I can really my do. friends too can, you know, live yeah. that experience and stuff like that. So. Me, me, oh, me. And I know they, they watch them and they really appreciate mm-hmm. the reads out laser comments. Uh, this week I was speaking to them on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. He says, So I've seen you nearly die, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I was, I was cracking up during that, man. I mean, you went pale white. Like, as white as your can right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was fighting the urge to pass out. Mm hmm. It was like a mix of 
tired, mm-hmm. didn't have anything to eat, roasting hot. Mm-hmm. And man, but I tell you, now that he cut that grass, like mm-hmm. the difference is just. Mm-hmm. I, I was on, I was on a, a, a quad yeah. yesterday, yeah. but I just I kept thinking, man, if the grass was cut, would it have been different? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan, if you want to stay on after this, we already did pretty much an hour, bro. Um, yeah, I know it went by quick. So uh, if you can stay on, we'll talk a little bit after that. Um, but uh, guys, this was, I believe, like I said, the Blue Line Outdoors podcast 44 with the red coat, Ryan. So uh, again, I'm gonna. I know I had been slacking and uh, throughout summer, but this is the third podcast, three in a week now. Uh, we're gonna keep going. I have, uh, you know, I'm still lining up podcasts after Ryan. You know, Jesse's gonna be coming in October after his first summer. I'm sure Ryan and I are gonna record at least one, if not two, um, of that weekend. Um, yeah, that weekend of opening day. Uh, I've already spoke to my brother. You know, he we got some hunting plans with that. I'm sure we'll record some podcasts. It's just we have a lot of good things coming, um, got good people involved, and we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep having fun. And if you guys want to, you know, watch the journey, see this brand grow, we appreciate it. Either way, stay safe out there, guys. Like, subscribe, follow. Have a good one.